1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile
1: banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food favourite recipes podcast with me, Miriam Nice. Don't worry, Tom Kerridge will be back in the podcast chair in March. But until then, I'll be your host of this bonus eight episode series all about our favourite recipes. I'll be talking to Good Food's team of experts and most importantly, hearing from you. Today is all about Toad in the Hole, and for anyone who doesn't already know, it's a baked dish of Yorkshire pudding batter and sausages. Why did we choose that? Well, you all seem to be utterly obsessed with anything made of batter. Pancake recipes are consistently some of the most looked at recipes across our entire website, and we know that Yorkshire pudding gets searched around 110,000 times every month. To discuss this and help answer your questions, I'm joined on the podcast by editor Keith. Hello. Hello. And uh, Food editor Anna. Hello. Hello. And fielder of all your questions online, Twitter, and Instagram, Nadia. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for popping in. Keith, why do you think everyone is so bonkers for batter?
2: Um, I think it's an incredibly easy, convenient food. It's cheap. It's only three ingredients. It makes great pancakes, it makes great Yorkshire puddings, and uh, and it's a vehicle for great uh, comfort food and flavours.
1: Brilliant, thank you. There are loads of ways you can get in touch with us at BBC Good Food, and Nadia is at the front line of all your
3: questions. Nadia, what have people been asking us? So, when we asked this question, we had a lot of replies, but number one is, why was my toad in the hole so solid? I wanted it more like a Yorkshire pudding, and that was from Hilary Sutton 1.
0: Um, I think there's quite a few different tricks to toad in the hole that we need to sort of factor in. Um, One is getting the oil really, really hot when you pour in the batter, because that sort of gives it the lift. Um, if it's not hot enough, you do sort of get like a bit of a stodgy batter. You need that, and the eggs. So the eggs are the raising agent. So you also need enough eggs. Uh, you need probably about four, three or four eggs in the batter to give it that lift. And uh, not opening the door is a, is the big sort of. You think is that is that real? Is that actually a thing? But it is. It is. So if you um, open the door and you let the the heat out of the oven you actually the batter will sink you can sort of see it when you take the toad in the hole out when you try and serve when you serve it at the table it starts to sink already and see so if you open the oven door midway through cooking it will start that process so uh, don't open the door get the um oil really really hot and also, make sure that your batter isn't very thick because that also can be quite stodgy when it's cooked, so um it should be sort of the consistency of double cream um if it's so add a splash more milk if you feel like it's too thick.
2: um I make pancakes for my kids every weekend, and I use the it's a tried and tested ratio of one, two, three, so that's one hundred grams of milk, two eggs, and three hundred grams. No, it's not it's one hundred <laughs> grams of flour. Two eggs and three hundred millilitres of milk, yep. and it gives me a nice pancakey uh, batter. But is that the right batter for Yorkshire puddings?
0: I'd go, I'd go three eggs. So we've got a really lovely recipe in um, in the January issue, um, and the the ratio is one hundred and forty grams of flour, three eggs, and three hundred mils of milk. So it's a little bit different than pancakes, just to get that to get that rise
2: because it's thinner. Yeah. Okay,
0: Okay.
3: brilliant. And the second question, how do you avoid burnt edges and a soggy middle? That's from OMG underscore the Keith one, not that Keith one, a different Keith one. <laughs> not Another Keith, Keith one. Yeah, <laughs> not that Keith one.
0: Um, so soggy middle and burnt edges, that'll be the toad. is The toad in the hole is too high in the oven, so you need it in the middle. Also a fan, if you've got a fan setting on your oven, that will create... More air, like hot air, around the hole toad in the hole rather than just at the top, um, which will make sure that you don't get a singed top. So, I have
3: a question about fan ovens. My mum is adamant that I can't put anything high or low in the oven because apparently the heat doesn't circulate
0: properly, and we have had so many arguments about this. You can put, you can put, two things in the oven on a fan just yeah. don't put it right to the top or right at the bottom I think yeah I think you need that the fan circulates the air and you get an even temperature rather than just having one direct heat oh that's not the answer I wanted oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, and soggy middle I think make sure that you don't overcrowd the batter Make sure that you've not got loads of sausages, because you sort of need a good ratio of sausage to batter when it comes to a toad in the hole. So maybe um, make sure that you're not using, it's the size of the dish, I'd say. So make sure you've got a good space in between each sausage. So that was actually the next question. Does the type of dish it's cooked in make
3: a difference? That's from L-E-I-P.
0: Yes, I would say try a couple of different dishes. And when you're really happy with it, then just stick with that one dish. I've tried it in thin sort of roasting tins and actually that the batter starts to stick to the bottom and it doesn't retain the heat for the oil as much. So I would say use like a heavy cast iron baking dish or even a skillet pan works really well because you get the heat. So when you take it out of the oven to put the batter in, you need it to still be really, really hot to have that sizzle as soon as the batter drops. And I think the thicker, the you know, the more sturdy the dish, the, the more it keeps the heat do you have a favorite dish keith
2: well you need a good conductor of heat in terms of the shape of dish i actually prefer a rectangle because i find it easier to portion but i think a circular dish is, is more of a kind of a uh, a dramatic crowd pleaser
0: yeah it depends how many you're serving i guess it's definitely easier to portion up a rectangle
2: i've got a family of five it's actually quite difficult to portion up a rectangle but i just <laughs> <laughs> i always say one for the next day as oh, leftovers yeah. and i think toad in the hole is great the next day cold leftovers or just bung it in the microwave for uh, what about a minute
0: um, yeah I actually reheat mine in the oven so just to get some of that puff back into the batter um, it's great cold but you do sort of it's never as good the next day but if you wanted to you could reheat it in the oven I suppose for... the
2: batter could go quite soggy in the microwave yeah, as well
0: yeah Okay. so we've got a question that was
3: asked by Furnace Girl on Twitter and Dabba Dabba Damien on Instagram how can you make it vegan
0: um, you can you can definitely make a vegan batter, uh, so you have to substitute, you have to replace the eggs with another rising agent. So the best way to do that is to use a self-raising flour and then just to give it a little um, push as soon as it goes in the oven, just to give it a bit of rise, you add a half a teaspoon of baking powder. And some vegan milks can be a little bit thicker or heavier than traditional milk, so you'd need to loosen the milk with a bit of water, a splash of water as well to Get the right consistency, and then if you use uh, vegan sausages, you'd be yeah, you'd be absolutely fine. Well, I've got three,
2: I've got three teenage kids, and they are they they one will eat everything, one uh, veers towards meat dishes, but the middle one is 15 years old and he's six foot three, and he's really really into his vegetarian stuff. So one time I uh, thought, okay, let's reduce our consumption of meat, and tried them out without telling them. Vegetarian sausages. I bought a really, really good brand, um, and they didn't notice the difference. I did because I knew what I was cooking, but they didn't. And so it maybe it's a mindset thing because I do think a lot of the flavorings in sausages are very similar, whether it's meat or whether it's veg. Veg. So there's lots of pepper. There's lots of spices. Lots of nutmeg in some. Uh, in Cumberland sausages, you're getting a you know those kind of peppery notes. In Lincolnshire sausages, you're getting those peppery notes. So in, in all you're doing really is uh, is using the same seasonings that you have in meat or vegetarians for me, it's about texture, it's about fat, and it's about mouthfeel, and I don't think you get those from your vegetarian can version. Can I try
0: and change your mind, Keith? we <laughs> got it a
2: some go. really
0: exciting vegan sausages here.
2: Are these all vegan sausages? They
0: are, yes. You can hear the despair in his voice. And I'm so excited. Anna I'm excited.
1: Anna just presented Keith with a plate of three different types of sausages, unlabeled, so he doesn't know what they are. So we're just going to see what what he thinks.
2: Well, I prepared myself for this this morning, then went into the uh, to the works canteen and had a, a sausage and. Uh, and um, yeast extracts, let's put it that way, a toasted sandwich. So uh, I've already had my sausage fixed for the day. Let's see if this uh, this betters that. I'm going to try this rather pallid, pale looking <laughs> sausage on the right. Um, it's got some herbs running through it. It looks more like a kind of a hot dog than a than a, a classic sausage, but I'm going to tie it right now.
0: It's smelling very sausagey in here, isn't it? It does
2: smell sausagey and it actually tastes quite saucy. It's got a nice texture, actually. i was really surprised good, by yeah, that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think the vegetarian sausages and vegan sausages have become such a... It's a really exciting thing that's happening at the moment. Um, there's loads of different types. I think it's trying to find the best one because you obviously need something with a with this texture. It needs to be quite a close texture, so not something that's too vegetable-based, um, something that's more like soya or... Um, like Satan or something like that. So it's got that meaty texture.
2: It even has a skin on it, like yeah. a sausage. What what would that skin be made of?
0: Uh, I'm not too sure, actually. It looks like cellotape. <laughs> doesn't taste like sellotape. Though, it's sticking
2: thing. to the, uh, the roof of my mouth. Maybe it is cellotape. So this second one, which is um, is a lot more crumbly, and much more of an open texture. It doesn't seem to have any skin on it no. at all. It does look meaty, I have to say and it's uh, it actually does have a kind of a sort of a fatty mouth feel really that's quite surprising i can't believe that it's actually vegetarian yeah what's it made of
0: soya yeah. wow and it's spiced with coriander nutmeg sage onion i'm definitely getting
2: the sage and onion not so much coriander
0: caramelized ca- carrot
2: i would give that to my kids without a doubt and they wouldn't even notice no that's really good and for the third one, which is a um, a very dense looking,
0: more like a hot dog beast for like the sti- but that breakfast. really does look
2: like a sausage, doesn't it? It's got a, it's got quite a dense uh, texture. It's got the right colour for a sausage. I think if you gave that to a sausage lover, they probably wouldn't notice that it's a veg- vegetarian or vegetable base. I'm going to bite into it now. Again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't.
0: See, they're so versatile. It's I really, really am it's quite really surprised exciting. by that. Yeah. I think the second one is
2: the one that is uh, that really steals it for me. It's yeah. got that kind of uh, you know mouthfeel of fat in there. Yeah. Where does the fat come from then? Where does that feeling come from?
0: um So a lot of them have rapeseed oil in them, um and it's the soya protein as well, which gives it like the mealy texture.
1: Are these sausages? Are they
0: all vegan
3: or vegetarian?
0: Yes, they're all vegan. Brilliant. Any more questions, Nadia?
3: We have one more, and that is what new flavours can I add to really change it? That's Jim underscore zero one M.
2: Uh, well, I cooked uh the other day very successfully the uh cheesy mustard toad in the hole with broccoli and leeks that we featured in the on the cover of the of, of the magazine recently. It was an absolute dream to make. The broccoli really added this crunch, this texture. The leeks really added that extra dimension of onioniness. The mustard, which was whole grain mustard, it was a little bit sharp, so it kind of lifted the, the, the fattiness of the uh, of, of the batter, and then it had some grated cheese on at the end. So I thought this was an absolutely brilliant all-in-one meal, straight to the table, don't have to worry about accompanying it with veg. Um, it was great and easy to, to portion, very, very easy to you know, get from the oven to the table. Uh, so I think adding that, uh, you know, the vegetables in there, the mustard, the cheese was great. Um, but another thing is, uh, ale. Would you
0: go with ale, Anna? Um, well, thank you for the the praise on the recipe. That's actually my recipe, <laughs> so I know it very well from the kitchen.
2: I was trying to hide that from everybody.
1: <laughs> just <laughs> describing it, and like, oh, no, I was yeah, like, I know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I thought I was telling her something new then as well. <laughs>
0: like who came up with that <laughs> um yeah so adding veg to the batter is really nice and then adding cheese and mustard i don't know i'd probably add ale to the gravy rather than the batter itself although you do have like beer batter on fish and chips and things like mm. that don't you so it might be quite but i don't know if it'll do anything to the to the rise i might make it a bit stodgy in the middle um, but the, yeah, I think there are three different types of. You know, there are three ways you can flavor it. You can flavor the batter. You could use. You could flavor the sausages, or you could you could serve it with a really delicious gravy, because who doesn't love gravy? Um, What's your favourite method? Um, I love serving very very traditional sausages. So um, f- like not too herby. I don't like too much spice and herbs in my sausages. So either pork like. um like a a classic black pepper, sage. Yeah, Cumberland or yeah. A Lincolnshire. Yeah. And then having um, a little bit of cheese in the batter just for a bit of extra indulgence and then serving it with like a caramelised onion gravy because when you... Because I serve Toad in the Hole. I know you, this, this one is perfect because you don't need to serve anything else with it. But when I want comfort food... I absolutely have to have mashed potato, so I have toad in the whole mashed potato and gravy. You like
2: to double carb, up, even oh, triple yeah. carb up when yeah. you can get the opportunity.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a caramelized onion gravy, or you could do um, ale gravy would be absolutely delicious. Mm. Like a stout as well, um, or mustardy gravy would be would be really good.
2: How do you feel about uh, say wrapping the sausages in bacon or pancetta? Would that would that work? Like a kind of a uh, a posh pigs in blanket toedan hole?
0: I don't think we've got a new recipe right there. Actually, I think we have something very similar online. Um, we've got loads of uh, lovely herbs in the batter. We've got whole rosemary and sage, I believe, which is really nice. It sort of infuses when it roasts into the batter. And then we've got chipolatas that are wrapped in pan- streaky pancetta, so you get a really nice smoky, salty flavour, like going into the. Yeah, I love
2: it. And for drama, we've we've also got. Do you remember that Catherine wheel? Yeah. You know, like a whole Cumberland wheel. That's the kind of classic way to do a Cumberland sausage, isn't it? Yeah. And it's been baked into a toad in a hole. It looks absolutely incredible.
0: It's a real showstopper. It's one to take to the table, I think, that, and then carve it up. And, yeah, it's lovely.
2: There's also mini toads if you have seen these the, yeah. but uh, I think the jury's out on those. They look nice, but is it possible to cook the batter and the sausage in the same same way?
0: I don't know why you'd want to make something miniature when it's <laughs> when it's all about sort of comfort and because and it's, it's so cheap as well, like you want to make a big pile of it and you know feed the whole family. I think it's all about. Uh, you know,
2: it is really look, you know, comfort food, isn't it? Dramatic comfort food. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It'd
1: be quite a good canapé if someone handed me a tiny toad in the hole. i would be pretty happy. A bit what, of with, gravy to dip in with a bowl it's of gravy. Yeah, yeah, why not? And um, thank you for those questions, Nadia. That's fantastic. Still to come on the podcast. And a lemon drizzle cake is a pillar. You're going to get sugar in your ear, Keith. Okay, don't do that. You get
2: zest as well, though. So you've got <laughs> the whole ear, thing. Sure? save it for later.
1: <laughs> I'm not sitting next to you at the dinner
2: table. <laughs> you will be licking my
1: ear. Oh, God. I'll take a turn. Um, we've mentioned quite a few recipes. We've actually got 18 recipes on our website for different types of toad in the hole and clearly from the comments some people would prefer a richer denser batter with lots of eggs and others a more thinner batter with maybe more milk and less flour so anna can you tell me a little bit about where you stand on that we touched on that briefly earlier
0: i think a really light fluffy batter is the way that i like to serve my toad in the hole um just because it does it does sag when you take it out of the oven and so I feel like you do get that stodge and also because I've got a mountain of mashed potato that I'm serving my guests too that you know you don't need the sort of stodginess from it but then at the same time that's the beauty of batter because you get both things at once you get the light fluffy top that's crisp and you know it's, it's airy and then right in the middle you've got the dense squidgy you know comfort food I think whichever way you go you sort of you get both best of both worlds but i think i would usually tend to go for a thinner batter
1: and as a food editor anna you're also a food stylist toad in the hole always looks amazing just when it comes out of the oven like it's really stunning all those really lovely um sausages poking out and their lumps of batter how do you make it look beautiful on the plate so it looks lovely when you bring it to the table but how how would you style it up on on the plate
0: it's a really tricky one to to food style um Especially if you're if you were portioning it out, say if you were at home. Um, I think what I would usually do is I bring the whole thing to the table, serve it with a knife, and get everyone to dig in. I feel like it's sort of it's very casual sort of dining. Um, but if you were to plate it up, I think um, this greens the greens in the batter make it look really really pretty so if you did like a round toad in the hole and then cut it into slices with all those leeks and the cheese bubbling and melting on top I think that looks really nice and I don't think you need to do anything additional to it because it's sort of one of those dishes everyone knows what it is and everyone's sort of like oh yes toad in the hole it's like really exciting so I think you know it's you can't really make it look pretty but then you're not making it because it's a pretty you're making it to, to dive in
2: I don't think he needs to look pretty. I think he looks dramatic. I love the uh, the st- one of the the myths about how it came about was uh, there was a golf course uh, up in Northumberland, apparently, uh, which was overrun with Natterjack Toads. And one of these toads was in one of the holes and a golfer um, uh, you know, teed the ball into the hole and the, the, the toad popped it out. A chef saw this, he thought, that looks great. There's a toad in the hole, ha, 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 went back and cooked it. Obviously a myth, but I just think this idea of little toads peeking out from this kind of duvet of, uh, of, of of batter pudding is just wonderful. I don't think you need to style it, make it look pretty. It just looks dramatic as it is.
1: He went back and cooked a dish. He didn't go back and cook the toad, did he?
2: <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I think he may no have knows. confused <laughs> it for a frog, and, but, okay. but, but somebody else went, oh, that's a toad, and he got it wrong. So
0: <laughs> It's not the prettiest name, is it, toad in the hole? Either. Like, frog in the ditch, I've heard it called as well. <laughs> i oh, you
2: hear something. it called
0: frog, in, frog in yeah, yeah. yeah, I've got a couple of extra
1: questions. Um, so, Keith, would you still call it toad in the hole if it was with the vegetarian sausages? Now that you're converted to veggie sausages,
2: um, I've I feel slightly uncomfortable calling a meat a, a vegetarian dish after a meat dish. So something like facon, which is supposed to be like bacon. Uh, I think just great tasting vegetarian food. Should have its own name, um, so what would we call vegetarian toad in the hole? What would the be equivalent of a toad um, in a vegetarian, maybe reeds in the hole or, or a lily pad in the hole?
0: We do have a re- recipe online for mushroom in the hole, which is uh, mushroom steaks that are cooked in. But one very, very clever um, reader has written a comment underneath it and said we, call it, we should have called it toadstool in the hole. Oh, <laughs> that's yes. Yeah, that's it. That, that's <laughs> it. Can't take credit for it.
2: I could, not
0: Okay,
1: and um, you mentioned, a gravy. I want to ask you a bit about that because if we're doing a roast dinner, you can have all those meat juices available to you. But if you're doing toad in the hole, you've cooked the sausages, you've added the batter... You don't have anything. So how are you going to make the gravy to go with that?
0: Um, so I would caramelise onions for on a really low heat in a number of butter for 50 minutes. So really proper golden, really caramelised, really sticky. And then add a dash of sherry and then some stock, and then thicken it with flour and butter. So you get like a really glossy, really rich, deep flavour to the gravy. You just add the flour straight away? or So I mash the flour and butter together to make like a little paste, and then I whisk it through the gravy just to thicken it, and it glosses it up. It's sort of like a chef's trick to sort of thicken sauces. Um, But you get a really nice uh, flavour to the gravy with this sort of enriched butteriness that you would be missing if you didn't have sort of those uh, meat juices or the meat the fats to go into it
2: where do we stand on gravy consistency nadia what's your favorite
0: ah i'd say
3: medium to thick i think that's where i stand on it yeah but obviously i'm a southerner you guys probably have a very different opinion
2: i kind of like it sort of custard texture that's very custard yeah
0: See, I, I I can't stand thick gravy. Okay. You know, when you can stand a, stu- a spoon up in it, I just know it has to be really, really thin.
2: Which is like a stock, like a watery.
0: Just a little bit thinner, thicker than, than stock, I yeah. I thought you were northern. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy because I'm like
1: East Midland, so I stand firmly in the middle of all of you. Like, <laughs> I'm like thickish, but not too watery. Like, this is great. This is brilliant.
2: These chip shop curry sauces and chip shop gravies that you get, which are made with this, I think there's some kind of... Thickening agent that goes in there, and it's just blip, blip, blip. it's just wonderful
0: when you just pour just it in the s- gravy. The skin falls out. Oh, no! Oh, it's <laughs> got to be thin. So, just you're skin.
1: slices? Is that do you like a slice of like, <laughs> gravy? Is that all you
0: want? <laughs> it's like gravy jelly, <laughs> on,
2: <laughs> <laughs> gravy on toast, <laughs> it's
1: delicious. And going back to Toad in the Hole, where do you think Toad in the Hole sits on the scale of one to ten? Ten being the most comforting food possible, where would you put it, Keith? Okay.
2: Um, I think it's halfway. I don't think it is the uh, biggest comfort food. I think it's more about being an a, an amazing midweek family uh, family dinner, uh, which is quick and easy to to prepare and have to the table. We're a family of five, three teenagers, and I I make this, you know, once a month and it's great, but I wouldn't regard it as something that I will make at the weekend for for all of us to sit in front of the TV.
0: I've got to say, I think it's one of the ultimate comfort foods. I'd go quite high, yeah, I'd say seven or an eight. It's the sort of thing where you only think of making it on a cold day where you think, oh, I could just put the other, you know, wouldn't make it in summer. And I think... um, yeah, I think with the textures, it is just the ultimate stodgy, nostalgic, classic family food. And yeah, I feel like, um, especially when you pair it with gravy and I think it's seven, seven. I think I would have said
1: about a seven, but it creeps up to an eight or a nine if you're adding mashed potato. And cheese. And <laughs> cheese and onion gravy
2: and all the rest of it then. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Hole is also... C- c- can it be used as street food? We've have we done anything with toad and hole in a pancake? Is that
1: we did? There's a Yorkshire pudding burrito, Yorkshire pudding wrap that we did, which is a big um, sheet tray of Yorkshire pudding batter. Uh, you cook that, and then you let it go a little bit cold. Then you put all your leftover roast dinner on top, so some cooked beef, some peas, and kale, some mustard, horseradish. Pour a load of gravy over it, and roll it up, and then you just eat that. That's a pretty good. Well. Pretty sounds, good, treat
0: Sounds messy, it's but in messy. a very good way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll eat that when I'm home alone, yeah. so no one can see me with gravy down my chin. Ah, no,
2: but if you have a slice of my gravy, then you wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't <laughs> get the mess.
0: What are your favourite comfort foods, Anna? First to you. uh My favourite comfort food is probably my mum's cheese and onion pie. So the filling is just cheese and just onions. <laughs> it's- it's it, it's molten when you cut out a slice and um, we serve it with baked beans and homemade chips and it's the best. That's that's quad carb, surely. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds incredible. Keith, what's your favourite company? Well, I'm with
2: you on the cheese. I yeah. mean, cheese in anything, especially a cheese toasty or mac and cheese. I once made, uh, I had some leftover cheese but it was 10 different leftover cheeses and I made them into a 10 cheese toasty which was as about as, you know... I, I, as thick of a stack, as a stack of encyclopedias, it was absolutely wonderful. It was oozy and melty. It didn't particularly taste of lots of different kinds of cheeses; just one new breed category of cheese. It was glorious.
1: How did you get ten leftover cheeses? What kind of magical life are you living?
2: Well, I, I judged some uh, some cheese awards in, in Britain and brought a load back for you know for for for, for judging purposes and. Um, and I had a lot of odds and ends and I don't think you should ever throw away cheese you should you should either you know grate it and and then use it on pasta or in this case you know melt it uh you know in a, in a toasty it's absolutely glorious
3: stuff
0: it's a new take on quattro for you've got 10 cheeses over here <laughs> Nadia favourite comfort food oh gosh
3: I don't know if it counts as a comfort food but pizza always makes me feel better yeah Am I allowed to steak? Would you consider that a comfort food? It is if you cuddle it. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh God. God, you make a oh. <laughs> With your 10 cheeses. I have
2: any friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I've gone on our website. I'm going to shout out some of our most popular recipes on bbcgoodfood.com and I want you to tell me if they count as comfort food or not. So just yes or no. All right. Chili con carne. Yes. Yes. Chocolate brownies. Yes. yes. Yeah. Both say yes. Victoria sandwich. No, No. not for me. No, no. 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 Tea time. Tea time. Okay. Lemon drizzle cake.
0: Mm. Yes. Oh, no. no. I know. It's 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 fresh and it's zingy and it's light and it's fluffy. It's it's not comfort. It's not comfort food. You went
2: all Mavis Riley, didn't
0: Really, no. (laughs) Um, No, no. I don't think it is. I think it's delicate and floral. Yeah, but you said Keith, like you said, um... it's one of our
2: most popular uh, search for recipes, and uh, and you know nine thousand million people can't be wrong. I think it's a really really great thing to look forward to the weekend and 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 share. I've cooked that recipe a couple of times, and it's a uh, it, I find it very comforting, and it makes a great pillow. <laughs>
1: it's definitely one of our favourite recipes, but I'm, I'm interested because you said no to Victoria sandwich and yes to to lemon juice. Is it the chilled cust? Is it the chilled cream?
2: In the Victoria Sandwich. Yeah. I think it reminds me of my mum, and she couldn't cook. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't find that very comforting.
1: And a lemon drizzle cake is a pillar. You're going to get sugar in your ear, Keith. Don't do that. You get
2: zest as well, though. You've got <laughs> the whole ear, thing. You save it for later.
1: <laughs> I'm not sitting next to you at the dinner
2: table. <laughs> you will be licking my ear. <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: take a turn. Uh, and spaghetti carbonara.
0: Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, e- I don't think. Well, I, I think spaghetti carbonara is absolutely wonderful, but I think it needs a lot of attention to make. And uh, for me, comfort food is something that you 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 put in, forget about it, come back to, and it's it's about it being easy and effortless.
1: So spaghetti carbonara with a caveat: someone else made it for you. Absolutely. Got it. Uh, cottage pie.
2: Yes. Uh, yes.
0: Ooh. Okay.
2: It's just mince and mashed potato on top.
0: But it's it's a pie.
2: Yeah, but pies
0: are comfort food. Well, there
2: we go into another territory. Is it a pie? Is a potato topping a pie? It's called. Or is pie. it got a pastry topping a pie?
1: I think pie is a whole other podcast. That in that <laughs> scones or scones? No, I don't know. how do you say it? Scones. No. Scones.
2: No scones.
1: All right, scones. <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> well, she's from posh north.
1: It's going to come to blaze this. <laughs> Cauliflower cheese. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Meringue? No. No. Absolutely not. All right. And Thai green curry?
0: No. I can see that it might be, but no, not for me.
2: Mm, on the fence. I think curry is a great comfort food. Yeah. I think dal, especially, is an, a luxurious comfort food. Um, so uh, I think a Thai green curry is, it depends on your mood, but something nice and hot on a, a cold winter's night, that's true. Comforting.
0: But Thai curries are traditionally quite thin and i feel like you want a thick rich curry a tablespoon spaghetti. of corn flour watered oh, down no. i'll sort that out <laughs> i think with a sort of sticky rice i think that might
1: be might be all right yeah. Sort i of up those sauces. all right so i've put you three paces there um i'm going to give you some scenarios and i want you to suggest what food you might serve in those scenarios okay your friend or loved one has a cold what would
0: you give them anna oh um something quite spicy i think just to sort of blow away the 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 winter sort of chills uh maybe like a rice noodle salad with loads of fresh herbs and lime juice to get some vitamins in there and loads of birds eye chilies i think okay
2: i love the idea of that i would um, i would take that um and maybe make a, a, a chicken soup out of the stock of a carcass, but add those fresh things like chilli, lime, lemongrass, ginger. Ginger's fantastic for a cold, isn't it? Uh, and so really kind of, you know, zing it up and blast it away.
1: Brilliant. All right, second one. Your friend has popped round and announced they're going through a bit of a crisis. Keith, what are you going to serve them? Uh,
2: I'd, first of all, I'd say, how long are you going to be here? How big is the crisis um, there is a fast food uh, restaurant round the corner if you want to sort it out before you come back round. Uh, so something very, very fast so they didn't stay around too long. Maybe a burger.
3: No wonder you're cuddling your steak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anna, a bit more you know, caring. Yeah. Um, something that doesn't take too long to make so I can spend more time with them, but something that's quite comforting in itself. So maybe... Maybe mac and cheese, but with maybe some greens in there so it feels a little bit lighter, or like cauliflower mac and cheese with some like bacon crumbs. I feel like I need to have a crisis just so I can
1: eat that. That sounds (laughs) fabulous.
0: Don't have the crisis, I'll make it. All
1: right. And the third one: the sofa and TV are all yours for the evening. What
0: is the coziest thing you can make? Anna? Hmm. I like the idea of a cheese toasty, but we're talking a lot about cheese. <laughs> um, maybe like a jacket potato with chilli con carne. That would be, and loads of like avocado on it and coriander and lots of chilli. And I can just sit there and sit in a blanket or one of those blankets with sleeves. and Watch a film and just eat that.
2: Okay. Uh, I think I would make a uh, a chicken shawarma wrap with falafels, halloumi cheese, pickles, um, tahini, hummus, um, and chili sauce, and wrap that up. Save me going to the uh, to the local Middle Eastern restaurant.
0: You're spending all night in the kitchen. I was going to say you've missed your films. my
2: favourite place.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, Next time we'll be talking about healthier comfort foods. And don't forget you can find the recipes we talked about on our website, bbcgoodfood.com. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.
2: Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the BBC Good Food Favourite Recipes podcast. Join us again next time when we'll be discussing more of your favourite recipes. If you want to cook along to the podcast, go to bbcgoodfood.com slash feature slash podcasts. Like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or Acast to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.